0: Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Welcome, Rory. Thank you, Paul. It's great to be here. I'm glad you're back. Hey, man, I'm delighted to be here. You are going to give us some tips about coaching, the challenging employee. How did you get into all this?
1: Well, this I've been doing this. Uh, I've been doing speaking and consulting around the country for about 25 years. But really what I found is when I did sales training, when I – if I did sales training, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But when I actually taught the sales managers and the managers in the environment – how to coach and to continue that reinforcement, then we got tremendous results. And I realized it wasn't the sales training that was working; it was the coaching training that was working. Ah! And then I shifted the to secret. that. It, absolutely, that was yeah. the secret. That was like the secret sauce. And once I learned that, away we went. So we know how to coach a good employee. We say right. good at a boy. Right. What about the challenging employee? Well, the challenging employee can be all kinds of things for you. And there's there's a whole variety of first steps before you start. With the challenging employee, and that that first step is, you know, are they worth saving? Mm. You know, and, and I have a lot of people when they see me speak at a conference, and they come up and go, "Man, I'd love to be a speaker. What do I got to do?" And and I said, "Hey, it'd be great. To, I'd be happy to chat with you. You know, you've got my my handout materials in there. You you can contact me. Reach out to me. If you reach out to me, I'll be happy to chat with you." And people call me and say, "Hey, I want to do what you're doing. You know, you just look like you're having so much fun, and, and I am. It's a great business, but." But they asked me the question, I want, to, I want to be a speaker. And I asked them the question, all right, on a scale of one to 10, when you retire, how regretful will you be if you're not a speaker? Mm, good question. And, and, and if their regret, regret level is not massive, then it's not worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you know, for me, it, it would have been, I'd, I'd like miss the opportunity of a lifetime. That was, it was something I had to do. And I just think that's so important. Right, ha- they have to have the passion behind the job. They got to have the passion. You got to have it, it's. This is too. This business is too hard to do without having tremendous drive to mm-hmm. do it. Uh, but it's incredibly rewarding too. And so I, I love the results I get with my, uh, with my clients. To see the results that they get with their organizations, the money they make, the the growth that they have, the sales increase they have, all of those things make a difference. So that's what geeks me up and keeps me going. So let's talk a little about the the challenging folks here yeah. for a second. So. Yeah. You've probably been, you know, you, you and I have been in the workforce a long time and you've seen challenging, challenging folks and have had lots of challenging folks. I, I've been a challenging folk
0: <laughs> myself.
1: And, and sometimes people are challenging without having an intention to be challenging. So the first thing I ask them is, you know, is this person worth saying, saving? And then if you weren't, if you didn't coach them on a scale of one to 10, You know, how big would your regret be if you didn't coach them to try to save that? Mm -hmm. Because that's a big indicator. Because, you know, how much heart and soul do you want to have in and try to save this person? It also depends on a whole host of factors. How long have been the organization? How long have we let this problem go? Uh, Because as you well know, with many challenging employees, people let things go quite some time.
0: Yeah, because so, it's a small problem into a major disruption in your organization.
1: Right. Absolutely. So then the question ultimately comes, okay, let's say the employee, the manager says, I really want to save this person. I want to coach them to results. Uh, what do we do from there? So step number one is the power of belief. Um, you know, you've got to, be- if you make that choice that you can save them, you have to work with them from a perspective. That I believe in them so much that we can save them. So that's got to be the the employee necessarily have to believe themselves yet or they don't absolutely have to believe, but you have to believe, Mm -hmm. uh, because they have to see, uh, they have to see that there's going to be a positive outcome to this, that because the other side of the coin is too, if if you're coming from coaching from a disciplinary standpoint, you're just going to discipline them for the behavior and you're not working to try to improve their behavior, um, you know employees know that they mm-hmm. they they sense the difference and it comes down from the foundation we've talked about this a number of times you know from my best boss book, the question was, you know my goal is to be developmental and not critical, and that's really the mm-hmm. the, the distinguishing factor in in the whole thing so and you may be
0: getting this, but I'm curious about this what if it's just not the right fit? That's a tough thing to have
1: right. And and I think that's a great discussion to have is is if it's not a good fit, ask that employee, you know, what's your perception of, of this environment? Mm-hmm. What's your perception of being here? Do you like doing this? And those are also great coaching questions to find out, you know, is it a good fit? Right. If it's not, then, hey, let's help them find a, a better way to go. I'm kind of throwing in my
0: own opinion here, but I think too many times managers and employees feel like it's some type of terrible uh, failing when they're in the wrong fit, when it's just simply not the right fit for the person. And coaches and uh, don't have enough uh, of that uh, consideration to have that discussion with folks. Yeah. You
1: know? Right. And I think, I think people themselves have to make that choice that, you know, if I change this or I change my career, I do this differently, um, you know, is that something bad? And mm-hmm. I think it comes from a, a sense of enlightenment. Right. You know, for the longest time, I did, you know, sales training and coaching and leadership training. Uh, and, and not, and very, very little coaching training. And I recognized that I needed to shift because the results I was getting was because of coaching. Mm-hmm. And that's what drove us to do this podcast. It's what's driven me, uh, my business and, and all of my, almost all of my income is now shifting towards the, the coaching equation. Uh, whereas for the longest time, I didn't make hardly any income from that. So, so being
0: that self-aware brings you to higher. Uh, right. level
1: right and 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 you know guess what uh, my clients are getting better results because I'm geeked about this I really want to work with the problems that they have I want to help their employees I want them to to see positive results so I just think that's the important key so if you want to coach them uh, then you know here's kind of the the steps but also you know I, I want to talk for just for a moment about the damage a, a challenging employee does because they do tremendous damage they do you know office morale damage mm-hmm. uh, productivity in the whole organization is damaged. But the damage that a lot of managers don't think about, which is really important, is the damage to their credibility. Right. You know how people view them in the office. Right. And and if they continue to let this go and don't coach this person, it really comes down to what legacy are they going to leave? And will that'll be one of the last thoughts that we leave with today? But you know, if you don't coach effectively, and if you and if you're not helping people grow and progress. You're not helping the organization be more profitable. You're not helping your career progress, and you're not helping this person's career process. Lots of regression occurs mm-hmm. because you were not dealing with a, a, a challenging employee by
0: everybody right. in the
1: organization, right? Yeah. And, and and I've I, seen that, right? And I'm just coming, I'm coming more and more um, aware of the concept, the power of regression, mm-hmm. and I see some. I'll, I'll give you an example of this. I had a client about six years ago, and they hired me to come in, and I helped them, and and we actually got they went from like. Three percent loan growth on an annual basis to thirty-six percent loan growth. The very first year I worked with them, I mean that's eye popping. That's yeah. three times the national average, easy if not four times the national average. Things were going great, uh, and then the CEO they changed CEOs. Uh, the new CEO goes, man, it's going great. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to end the contract, and so then yeah, it's like straight. <laughs> yeah. So it's and, and I haven't really thought about the concept before, but the power of regression, and so. I then went and looked since they're, you know, federally insured. I went and looked online to see how they're doing today, six years later. Mm -hmm. And they're actually doing worse than before I went there. Mm. And, and, and so I call it the power of regression. It's, we, we, as managers, we think it's fixed. And so we go, okay, we're going to shift our attention to something else. And then all of a sudden, what was really important to us is, is performing worse than before. Oh boy. And so I think that's the key with, with, with managers is if you, if you don't address an issue, you regress, the employee that you have regresses, and the organization regresses. Right. So uh, avoid the power of regression. That's kind of the damage that uh, challenging employees can do. So, uh, so then also with challenging employees, there's just this emotional tug of war. Uh, is the, the big challenge there is that just emotional tug-of-war between you, everybody in the organization, and then people who don't even go up to that person who's challenging because that person who's challenging is just a pain in the, right. the tail, and they don't want to go up to them and go, oh, my God, what do I do? Uh, so they avoid them. They don't communicate. And then things fall through the cracks for your clients, and things are missed. So uh, there can be a, a business case made uh, for not always approaching performance improvement from a disciplinary faction, fashion. Right. So, cuz we come if we come from coaching a, a challenging employee from a disciplinary pr- perspective, then we're just going to focus on fixing that behavior of that situation. What we really want to do is create awareness for them for a whole host of things. Right. Because sometimes challenging employees one of the issues that they have is just uh, a lack of emotional intelligence. And they're not – sometimes challenging employees aren't even aware Mm -hmm. that they're challenging until somebody says, hey, this is really difficult for me. This not – it's really a clog in the process. It's really making it difficult to do this.
0: And this really ties back to the first point. Do you believe in them? Do you want them to improve? Right. And if you you don't, then you start looking at everything as a disciplinary incident as opposed to – an opportunity for them to move up to their potential.
1: Right, and that's got to be you know that's one of the first decisions you make. Is this going to be a disciplinary issue? If it is, that's fine. You mm-hmm. can pursue that path. Mm-hmm. Coaching doesn't fix everything, but if you want to coach the problem, then you've got to go down that path where we're not going to we're not going to pursue disciplinary actions. But you want to keep good records in case that ultimately right. is the choice. And that could re- happen, right? Right. Yeah. But I think the the key is you're at this point the employee's making that choice, not you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the that's the other key. But you've got to have that that power of belief. Um, some of the things you want to do is have, create a positive tone for every coaching meeting, and so you don't want to come from obviously this is a challenging employee, but you want to come from a from a positive perspective, and that's just a, that's just the foundation of it. So the first thing is obviously meet with them privately, you know, and then ask them their perception of the situation. Now there's two things here. It might be a situation that you observed. Or it might be a situation that somebody has told you about, mm-hmm. and it's better to, to coach them about behavior you've observed, right? Because then they can't they can't deny your data,
0: right? And if you if you hear things, then start looking for yourself to observe it,
1: right? Absolutely, no. yeah. You, you got to you know pipe up the ears, be out there with the folks, whatever to be around to see if that behavior happens. Uh, one situation is when they send emails that are very very. Mm, challenging or uh, very, you know, they're almost bully-like. You've got to do it this way. You've got to do it that way. Um, you know, that's the way the policy is. And that's what sometimes oh, yeah. challenging employees do. They'll do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes employees don't recognize the behavior that's negative to other people. You know, they've always been able to do it this way at other organizations. Nobody ever called them on it. And then all of a sudden, this is a big thing to you. So... And that comes down to the issue of also the lack of emotional intelligence on their part. So you've got, you know, to be effective as a manager, you have to know the strengths and weaknesses of your employees. And in order to be the best manager you can possibly be, and Gallup has done a tremendous amount of research on this, is you want to put people in their positions of strength. Right. And so if you've got somebody who's emotionally, you know, lacks emotional intelligence, you don't want to put them in a position where they have to work with a lot of people. You want to put them in a position where they, you know, just balance right. the, the, the debit accounts. Right, the right, might. the right fit for them. Bingo, the right mm-hmm. fit. And it's your job to do that because the issue is, is this employee challenging because you put them in the wrong spot?
0: Right, that's exactly right. And, and that happens too often.
1: It does. And the other side of the coin is, too, a lot of times employees want the additional money or they want the promotion or they want the position mm-hmm. or they want the title. They want all of those things. But yet you're, you've are you put them in a spot where their, their skill set is just not right for it. So you've got to step back and... And really take a look at it, and uh, and be retrospective. I think one of the most important keys of being an effective coach is retrospection—to step back and take a look at things and say, "How is this going? What am I doing well? What am I doing poorly? Uh, do I have this person in the right spot?" Mm-hmm. So right. those are just really, right. really, in, incredibly important keys. Another important key is describe. Uh, so describe the behavior to the employee it's got to be better than just you've got a bad attitude uh, because nobody knows what that means. So you've got to be very, very descriptive. And I know John Whitmore in his book, Coaching for Performance, goes into a tremendous amount of great uh, detail on this. So talking about descriptive when you're, in fact, coaching people. And John Whitmore, Coaching Performance is a great book. If you have never gotten it, never read it, I absolutely highly recommend it. It's the very first book I take managers through when I help them coach is, is John Whitmore's Coaching Performance. And he talks about being descriptive. And so things that you could do about the behavior of employees are, you know, are they not returning phone calls on time? Have they missed deadlines? Uh, You know, are they showing a lack of integrity because they're missing deadlines? Mm -hmm. Did they not show up for regularly scheduled meetings? Um, You know, what's what's the reason for not doing that? Um, Have they made mistakes? Is their work inaccurate? Have Have they refused to help coworkers at times when it's important? Or have they lacked being a team player? Those are all descriptive things yeah. that you can talk about that could be indicators of a bad attitude. But it's very, very important to uh, to do that. So um, also, uh, finally, the manager must have accurate specific examples for the employee's performance issues so they can discuss those. Uh, without specifics and without credible, there's no way to build on it. Right,
0: it's not as as powerful.
1: Right, it's not as powerful and it's not, uh, and people don't understand, you know, why are we doing this? What's the process? Mm -hmm. What's the problem? You know, I'm I'm doing my work. And there may be differences of opinion on that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just like Gallup. You know, they they rank people on three scales when they do surveys of employees and they've done literally hundreds of thousands of surveys and they rank them, uh, you know, engaged employees, not engaged employees, or actively disengaged. Mm. So, and there's three scales of, of that, and it depends on your level of your organization where people lie on those scales. But if you've got an employee who's actively disengaged, and that's part of their, their behavior here, we've got to ask them, you know, hey, right. tell, tell me what's going on. I, I perceive that you're not completely engaged here, that this is not a high priority for you. Tell me what's going on. Right. And, and I think that's one of the most important uh, keys. And then, so you've got to be clear on, on, you know, what is the behavior? Be factual, be clear. Then the third thing is you've got to obtain agreement from the employee that a problem exists. And if you don't, if you don't uh, obtain that agreement that a problem exists, then there's no, there's nothing right. you can work on it. Right. Um, I've had uh, clients hire me and I no longer make this mistake. They hire, they hire me and say, Hey, work with Joe. You know, he needs coaching. But they haven't told Joe why he needs coaching, why he's working with me. And so it becomes a social event. And, you know, I now tell them that if you're going to work with me with a challenged employee, we got to have a performance plan. Mm -hmm. Here's the issue. And, and this might be the place where you, where you do that. Okay. We have the discussion. We identify the problem. Now how are we going to fix it? And now we make an agreement that we in fact are going to do these things to fix that. And typically it's not me telling them what they're going to do to fix it. I ask them, what solutions do you have? How do you want to fix this? That's good. How do you want to approach your, your fellow employees? Cause in
0: the past they were like, Hey, Hey Rory, fix this guy for us. Right. We don't want to do the work.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and, and that is, and that's a lot of it. You I mean, so many managers, so many, and this is my other, uh, we should actually do a podcast on this. How much I hate managers who want employees to be done. Right, you've mentioned that. Before. <laughs> we've got to. We've got to. We should do probably that.
0: mention that every time. Have, I, I probably going do. deep sometimes. Yeah,
1: we need. We need to take you know a whole podcast, fifteen to twenty minutes of just going into how much I hate managers who want employees done. Because right. i really have the opinion that those managers should not be managers. That's right. But anyway, right. that I right. I digress. Yeah. So get the agreement. Get the agreement. If you get me on that, I, you rattle that cage. I'll go down. I'll go down that rabbit hole. Uh, but anyway, I'm um, taking agreement from the employee that a problem. Exist and, and then ask the employee, how do you want to fix it? You know, do they feel that th- this process is fair? Uh, do they feel they're being kicked when they're down? So, you know, that's an important key. And another important key is employees will remember how they feel from the process. Right. Not how the process was carried out, but how we made them feel. Did you care about them as a human being? Did you make them feel comfortable? Did you li- did they feel heard and listened to? Um that they're going to remember. They're going to remember that more than anything. Uh, so
0: much more than the project they do or the right. even the results,
1: the number right. of results. Right. It's that feel. How did I feel from that process? Mm-hmm. And that's such an, an important uh, aspect of it. And then the the fourth thing is determine reasons for the employee's performance gap. Uh, you know, what's the employee's fr- thought process? Tell me what you're thinking about. How do you see the situation? Um, The other side of the coin is, too, if you've got an employee that's a challenging employee and they're writing snarky emails to their colleagues, okay? (laughs) Not good. It's not good, but it's real. It happens. You know, you may, in fact, want to say, hey, would you carbon copy me on all of your emails going forward so that I can just get a sense of the flavor of them, you know? Mm -hmm. Or would you be willing to share with me all of your emails so I can go back and look at what people are saying? And then you may, in fact, give the email to that person and say, okay, read this from the perspective of a brand new employee, Mm -hmm. Who's six, been here six months has no idea how this is working. Still, just trying to find their feet and trying to find their their spot in where you know where they fit in the organization. Now, read it from that perspective. You sent this to a new employee. How do they feel?
0: I, I was going to say there seems like such a blind spot of that we communicate so much email, text electronically that we. We don't teach people how to communicate properly there. Right. You know what I mean? We kind of take that for granted, and we look at the interaction they have face-to-face. But usually you're interacting with your coworkers and partners more by email than anything else nowadays.
1: Right. You know, in informal in letters, we used to write the word dear, and that was how they all started. Yeah. And and just, to, you know, to be a sense of kindness, and we would, you know, send affection. You know, mm-hmm. I, I loved, you know, when our meeting last week and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, with text and email, we don't have any of that 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 niceties in there, and so it can yeah. be very, very. Uh, how shall I say? It may come across as snarky. So, right. making sure that, that 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 that's the key. And 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 what are the reasons for that performance gap? So, uh, here's another important key with this process. So, determine the reasons for it. But this is really important for the manager at this point. Active listening skills. Right. Ask open-ended questions and paraphrase what the employee is communicating. If you if you're not doing those effectively and you're not gonna have a great you're not gonna have a great solution. And your legacy is, guess what? I'm not good at active listening. I'm not very good at paraphrasing. And I'm not very good at really listening to what's the employee saying. Or I'm not very good at asking open ended questions. And I think that's a that's a, a big a big challenge.
0: Right. Take a break for coaching for potential with Rory Roland. We'll be right back. Goals and leadership.
1: He says, the best boss ever had was Ewing Kaufman. And I said, why? And he says, Ewing Kaufman was so good at firing up a group. He gave great presentations and he could fire us up. And so we had a presentation one day we had all the sales team. And he said, you know, we've got to go out and beat last year's goals. We've got to really get after it. And he had them all fired up. They could just run through walls for Ewing Kaufman. And they were all fired up. And he says, right now, reach in your pocket and get your business card out. And he says, in that business card, what I want you to do is I want you to write down on the business card how much you're going to beat your quota by. So he said they were so fired up. People just wrote incredible numbers. And they all started to walk out. But Ewing Kaufman beat him to the back door. And while he was there, he held his hand out. Give me that card. Exactly right. Give me that card. He collected all the cards. What do you think he did? Every month, he monitored their sales. I said, what was the result? He said, the results were pretty simple. He challenged me to be the best I'd ever been in my entire life. I had the most sales that year I'd ever had. And for the company, we had the most sales ever. See the power of leadership?
0: For more information on booking Rory for speaking or coaching, please visit RoryRoland.com. Welcome back to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. We are talking about some tips on coaching the challenging employee, maybe even more than tips. These are really good, a really good process.
1: Absolutely. You've got to have a process to work with that challenging employee. If you don't, you're not going to be successful. And I want to see everybody be a successful manager out there, have great employees, see the the, the, the performance of your organization improve and see you get promoted down the road because your, your coaching skills have improved to the level that you are so valuable to the organization. Um, and so, Another thing is, another tip that you want to do is ask the employee what's their solution. Uh, You know, how would they like to proceed with the coaching process? Uh, Instead of a series of guided questions, you know, just paraphrase. Ask them what's going on and then see if they can help them find a solution to the problem. But, you know, ask the employee. Rather than coaching the employee, you know, rather than than fixing the problem, coach the employee. So the employee fixes the problem. And uh, Because, you know, we did a whole podcast on the the, the the what was it the the, the curse of, uh, of the curse of fixing or the that's right the the problem of fixing or the fixer <laughs>
0: uh, you know <laughs> the,
1: the, 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 and so many managers want to do that also you've got to ask the question w, w, uh, WIIFM. and that is what's in it for me uh, to really get the employee to to do this it's really asking the question of what's intrinsic what's their uh, intrinsic value in wanting to pursue this and so. Uh, how would we like this situation to progress? What, and I love this question, what in a perfect world, what would this solution look like for mm. you? So in a perfect world, what would the solution look like? And then what would a glorious result be? You know, what's, what's a better than a perfect world and have them describe that. Um, there's, there's a whole process in just that and having them describe what they, what they want. Uh, in the process. And then ultimately, when you've come to an agreement that there is a problem, they they have offered some solutions. They're going to try those solutions out. You're going to check back. Then you want to summarize the meeting to define the next steps. Because I always tell my clients, if we don't have any action steps for this meeting, there was no reason to meet. Right. And so what's our action steps? And so we've got to do that. What what are we going to do as a manager in order to make sure that we follow up? How often are we going to follow up? Uh, In my best boss book, uh, one of the best managers there was a guy who he just met with his employees and they had a walk around the campus. They were at a college and they would just walk around the campus and it was like in the San Francisco area. So the weather was pretty mild almost all the time and they could just all year long and he would just take 15-minute walks with them and they would talk about things that are going on. But it was his way to be interrupted. Nobody would bother him. He'd be away from the phones. Nobody coming in and saying, hey, I've got to do this. And he could really focus on that employee. And it was... That's a great suggestion. Yeah, it's just a great way to go about it. And then the other side of the coin is, too, if the reason that we let these problems go on is because it's painful to fix. <laughs> and we if we ignore it, we hope it will, in fact, go away. Right. And so those are the things that we really try to do in that process. So I'm just going to recap here as we're uh, going to the, the, the solution here. We're going to a recap. Uh, the first thing is... You've got to have some specific examples of, you know, what's the employee doing. You've also got to say, do you have a belief that you can fix mm-hmm. this and you can help and coach them, not fix them, but have them deal with the issue and come to a realization we need to fix this themselves. And then what's your, you know, you've got to have the power of belief. So right. do they? Do you believe they have the potential to succeed? Right. And do you have the? Do you believe that you have the potential yourself oh, to yes. help them yes. uh, succeed? Yeah. So there's belief not only for yourself, but for them. Right. And, and that's so important. Uh, then obviously, you've got to create a positive tone for the meeting. Uh, you've got to meet privately. Uh, this is my goal is to be developmental and not critical. Developmental. And so we want to help them improve and grow. Uh, then you describe the, the behavior in a factual, neutral way. You can't be judgmental. This has got to be where you got to kind of do the judgment free zone. Mm-hmm. Because if you make judgments of people, uh, and they sense that they're going to, defenses are going to come up. And we're not going to make progress towards how do we get that? Um, and it justifies them in their mind for, um,
0: the behavior they were doing in the first place.
1: Absolutely, yeah. They they they, they just one more reason that this right. is, is happening. And Timothy Galloway Timothy Galloway wrote the book The Inner Game of Tennis, which is mm-hmm. kind of the foundational book for the whole coaching world. And he talks about interference, and that interference is those mental thoughts that you know person you know self a self one versus self two and self one is you know our parents our authority and all of that and then self two is kind of our self-talk how we talk to ourselves when we're in that zone or we're we're and and there's there's no there's that that noise that we have from our parents you got to do it this way you got to do it that way you got to try hard and whereas if you're doing something and you're and you're enjoying it and you've got that level of enjoyment, that self too. You really want to get that employee to the self too, where they're they're relaxed. There's a sense of flow. There's a sense of gliding to the conversation, so that we we have a, a, a successful outcome, and that's just so important yeah. to get rid of that uh, that interference. And then number three, obtain an agreement from the employee that a problem exists, and then what's their solution for it, and then determine the reasons for the the performance gap. You know, there's hill, will, and skill. And is there some kind of obstacle in the way? Is there another difficult employee in the organization that they're having to work with? Uh, do they have the willingness to do this? And do they have the skill levels to do this? Mm-hmm. So you've got to find out if it's will, hill, and skill. Uh, number five, ask the employee uh, what is their solution and how would they like to see this happen? And then obviously find out what's in it for me. If they are able to c- uh, accomplish this goal and fix this and fix this behavior and recognize this behavior and behave more effectively – What's their future look like? They can move up in the organization or there's going to be a lot less hassle. There's right. going to be a lot less resistance. They'd just be happy in their job. Right. You know, what? what is that thing that they can get from it? So what's in it for me? W-I-I-F-M, that, that famous radio station that we all have going into my, our heads. Mm-hmm. What's in it for me? And then obviously when we get to those conclusions, we got to summarize the meeting, what action steps, when's the next time we're going to meet, and what are, we, what are the results of it. If you do those things, those are great ways to manage those challenging employees, to coach those challenging employees, and then it also improves your legacy. Because really what you want from this is you want to be recognized as a great coach, a great manager, a great leader, so your career can progress. But obviously the way that your career progresses, is guess what? Helping other people. Right. Our job's not – to get work done through people. Our job is to get people done through work.
0: Reemphasize that again, because I think that's a really strong point. You are going to do better when you focus on the success of the people you're coaching. I mean, you're going to do better your position,
1: financially, all that stuff, right? The results that I have personally yeah. in my life, I right. am I'm, I'm a testimonial to when you learn this and mm-hmm. you can help other people with this. Your life changes for the positive, mm-hmm. and 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 so and my job is not to get work done, you know, not to get work done through people, but to get people done through work. How can I help them progress? How can I help them grow? And when you when you identify that, remarkable things occur. Yes. that's
0: a, that's a, that's exciting. That is absolutely exciting. now. If people want to contact you um, for assistance, questions, comments. How do they do that?
1: They can reach out anytime. Uh, My website is RoryRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com, and they can just uh, get a hold of me there. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Rory. Thank you, Paul.
0: Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit roryroland.com.